the Lord. Everybody say praise the Lord. My, 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 we're so happy. So happy for everybody that's here today. And we are thankful to be able to be here ourselves. We love Brother Sister Green, their children, Carla and Andrew and their children. And then got to see Bishop Stevens for a little while this morning. We respect him, love him for the great work he has done and he's still doing. Amen. Thank God. He's a part of the district board here, and uh, they're doing a great work. I tell you, I don't know what you've heard, but I'm just going to tell you the inside scoop. The church is doing good. Yeah. It's going to be all right. You can't burn it. You can't turn it. It's going to be all right. Amen. I... Uh, was so thrilled this week, this summer, the camp meetings and seeing the house full. I mean, it, it, the church is growing. Church is growing, and that's as it should be. And we're glad. Would everybody stand with me in the house? And so thankful today to be here when Texas Bible College is here. These young people, look, I'm going to tell you what. I, I don't know if you've got eyes like God has. God looked into a pile of dirt and saw brains and eyes and bones and muscles and tendons and all of that in a pile of dirt. He looked into nothing and saw a universe with all kinds of stuff involved in it. And if you can look into these young people and tell me how many incredible pastors, pastors' wives, missionaries, evangelists, worship leaders. I'm, I'm just going to tell you right now, I feel good about the next generation. I feel good about what God is doing. Amen? He's still got his hand on everything that's going on. And we're happy, happy, happy. We got in last night and, and uh, uh, Friday night, Saturday morning, early 3.30, the Lord woke me up and began to talk to me about some things. And then last night when we got in here, the Lord began to move on me again and began to talk to me about uh, this service this morning. And he began to talk to me about some spirits and some things that have been troubling people, not just people in the church, but people all over. Folks, we have more psychologists, psychiatrists, psychoanalysts. We've got more family counselors. We've got more of all of that than we've ever had in the history of the world. Why? Because people are having challenges. There are things going on that's uh, making their world unstable and creating doubt and fear and anxiety and all of these things. Never heard so many anxiety attacks and all of this stuff. But I've come today with a message from the Word of the Lord. And I've come today to bring to somebody, because of the word of the Lord, peace and joy and power and authority back into your life. Praise God. I, I just want to help you before you leave here today, whether you're a member of this church or whether you're a visitor, whatever you may be, I'm just going to tell you there's something great in the Holy Ghost that's going to happen in this building today. Praise God. God's going to touch some people in special ways today. You're going to leave here today and go home, and there's going to be so much peace on your life. 
you're going to feel like you could sleep forever. I'm just telling you what I feel in the Holy Ghost. Amen? God knows what he's doing. In the book of Judges, if you'll go with me there, Judges 19. Everybody like fresh bread? Well, this is about as fresh as it gets. It's not been chewed, not been put on the table before. We're going to look at something brand new that God put into our heart Friday night and then last night again. And I want, I want to bring this to you in Judges 19, verse 22. Now, as they were making their hearts merry, behold, the men of the city, certain sons of Belial, these were bad people, they, they were not good people, beset the house round about and beat at the door and spake to the master of the house, the old man, saying, Bring forth the man that came into thine house, that we may know him. They were not just wanting to get acquainted. They were wanting to violate him. They were wanting to do very bad things to him. And it was just a random thing. This man happened to be passing through and caught the attention of some bad people. And when he did, the rest became very ugly. Let me talk to you today on this thought, positional victory. Positional victory victory. Lord bless you today. You can be seated. As I said, this gentleman was passing through, going through a strange place, and a gentleman met him and began to talk to him, and the man was telling him there was a difficulty finding a place to spend the night and he figured he'd probably just have to stay on the street. And this old gentleman almost begged him, don't do that. Don't stay on the street. Come and stay at my house with me. So he agreed to do that. And he went in, and they were talking, and they were laughing and getting acquainted. And, and all things were seemingly going good. And then something just out of the blue happened. And they realized the house had been surrounded. It had been totally encompassed by a group of men from that city. And as I said, they were not good men. They were not cordial. They were, they were, uh, they were evil. They had evil intentions toward this, this stranger that they saw come through. I'm just going to tell you something. There's times in your life when you don't have to do a thing to get the attention of the devil, and yet you do, and you become the attention, you become the focal point of an attack that you didn't want, you didn't ask for, you didn't, you didn't desire it. There are people going through life right now in this building that are having the worst time of your life. You may look good on the outside, but on the inside there's anxiety, there's fear, there's doubt, there's all kinds of stuff that are happening. And it's happening because you have ran into besetting spirits, spirits that will sit down around you. They will, they will make all kinds of noise. They will bring all kinds of accusations. They will do all kinds of stuff to distract you, 
to frighten you, to intimidate you, to make your life a miserable place, to make your life unlivable almost, to get you to the point where you can't sleep in your bed, you can't sleep in the recliner, you can't, you can't have peace at job, you can't have peace at home, you can't go to the lake and have peace. You become the focal point of a spirit and then a group of spirits that are there and they have beset you. They are all around you. They're surrounded you. And there's voices talking in the morning. Voices talking in the evening. It's voices in the middle of the night. There are spirits that in, they intrude upon your thinking and they make you feel paranoid. They make you feel like people don't like you. People don't want to be around you. People don't want to talk to you. People don't want to associate with you. When the people themselves are wondering what's going on with them, they don't want to talk. They don't want to go out. They don't want to go to eat. They don't want to sit and, and just visit. There's things happening in your life you did not ask for, you did not desire, and you're wondering what happened. I'll tell you what happened. You became the focal point of besetting spirits, and they are trying to ruin your life. The devil comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Praise God. He hasn't changed his ways. He hasn't changed his motive. He hasn't changed what he wants to do. We don't hear a lot of preaching about spirits and spirituality and things of that nature. But brothers and sisters, I'm just going to tell you, you can't avoid them. You can't put your head in the sand. You can't just say, if I don't acknowledge them, they won't be there. That doesn't work. What you've got to do is find the key and find the way to gain victory and authority over these things and get to the place where you can enjoy the peace and the liberty of God regardless of what hell's doing. Clap your hands to the Lord in Jesus' name. <laughs> Besetting spirits. They, they camp out on your door. They, they look at you in the mirror every morning and say, you realize you're guilty. And you say, well, what am I guilty of? And they say, don't matter what it is, don't, don't even ask. You just realize you're guilty. They make you feel unworthy. They make you feel like there's no hope for you. They make you feel like that your family is falling apart even when it's not. They make you feel like you're falling apart even when you're not. Every day is a dark day. There's a cloud hanging over you all day because you've been beset by these spirits. Some people go to psychologists. Some people go to psychiatrists. Some appeal to medicine. Some appeal to alcohol. Some appeal to drugs. Some appeal to the occult. There's all kinds of things going on in our world. Palm readers are out there because somebody is going to them and appealing to them and paying them money and giving them motorhomes and all kinds of stuff because they have something going on in their life that they cannot get a handle on. Something has come into their home that they don't know where it came from. They don't know what to do about it. If you're here today and you don't have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I'm just going to tell you right away, the thing you need to do more than anything else is run to Jesus. Praise God. Because the Bible said the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runneth therein and are delivered. Praise God. Oh, clap your hands again to the Lord in Jesus' name. 
The Lord talked to me extensively Friday night, 3.30 Saturday morning about power and authority in the name of the Lord. Jesus said, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. And you talk about authority. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. Who could have greater authority than the author, praise God? And so I want, I want to just tell you, you need to run to the name. You need to run to the Lord. Run to the Word. Get deeper in that than you ever have. But I just want to help you understand something today. Those spirits that are all around you, those spirits that are accusing you. Listen, let me tell you something. The Bible said he is the accused. The devil is the accuser of the brethren. He's going to always try to find something to accuse you toward your brother or your brother toward you. If you come into church and for whatever reason you don't get your hand shook or you don't get your neck hugged, as soon as you walk out that door, the devil's going to say, did you notice they didn't shake your hand? Did you notice they didn't hug your neck? I'm going to declare something to the devil today. You're not going to get me out of this church. You're not going to get me to leave this body. You're not going to get me to get away from this. This is my place of safety and my place of security. When all of hell gets turned loose, I'm just going to bury myself up deeper in the church of the living God than I've ever been. Praise God. Lift your hands and love him just for a minute in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. These spirits camp out and they tell you things that are not true. They spread rumors. They try their best to get you to get away from the church, try to separate you from the church. Jesus dealt with a man once, and this man had thousands of spirits that were living within him. And I, I wondered one time, why did you need thousands of spirits for one man? Why did you need thousands of devils to torment one poor fella drove him away from home, away from his family, away from his friends. After Jesus delivered him of those spirits and cast them out of his spirit and mind, the man looked at Jesus and said, I want to go where you go. And Jesus said, no, go back to your friends. He had a buddy. He had a college graduate maybe that he knew or a high school friend that he knew. He was just an everyday ordinary guy until one day those besetting spirits came to his house. And before they're through, he's left home. He's left his city that he was raised in. He's left everything behind. He's living in the tombs with the tombstones in a cemetery. He's got wild hair and probably filthy to look at. He was was eating bugs and anything he could find to live in. It didn't start that way. It started with just one day those besetting spirits that came and made his life into a misery. I'm, you may not ever see anybody to that extent. I hope you don't. I've never seen anybody to that point. But I've seen people homeless walking up and down the highways. They weren't always that way. I hired a man not long ago that was an electrician and I found out later he was highly skilled, highly trained, but he'd been living as an alcoholic for years. I got to talking to him, carried him and baptized him in Jesus' name, and God was actively working in his life and changing this man's life. He'd lived a miserable existence for years. I got to tell somebody there is an answer in the house of God. There is an answer 
in the Spirit. There is an answer in the Word. There's a place of safety regardless of what's going on. Clap your hands all over the building in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're talking about besetting spirits that just randomly choose you and begin to make your life miserable. It doesn't have to be because you're a member of the choir. It may not be because you're a member of the church. You may not be in anybody's church. The devil picks on everybody. If you think for a minute that you only got trouble with spirits because you're in the church, you need to talk to some folks that are outside and you'll realize the alcoholics got problems. The fellow at Walmart's got problems. Everybody I know's got something going on in their life. The devil hates everybody. The devil hates the church. The devil hates the unchurched. The devil hates the homeless. He hates everybody. And he's out to destroy every life. Praise God. Listen, let me show you something. In the book of Job, or rather, I'm sorry, not Job, Joel. Let me go there. I want to read you a scripture in the book of Joel. This is an unusual scripture. In the book of Joel, the first chapter, the Bible said in verse 8, Lament like a virgin girded with sackcloth for the husband of her youth. The meat offering and the drink offering is cut off from the house of the Lord. The priests, the Lord's ministers, are mourning. The field is wasted. The land mourneth. For the corn is wasted. The new wine is dried up. The oil languisheth. Be ye ashamed, O ye husbandmen. Howl, O ye vine dressers, for the wheat and for the barley, because the harvest of the field is perished. The vine is dried up, and the fig tree languisheth. The pomegranate tree, the palm tree also, the apple tree, even all the trees of the field are withered. Listen to this. All all of these physical things have lost their life and their productivity. All of the trees, all of the vines, all of the, ever the fruit is gone. All of this happened, then it says, because joy is withered away from the sons of men. I want you to know something. The joy didn't go because all of that other stuff went. But all of that other stuff went because the joy was gone. When the joy left out of the people's lives, then their productivity was gone gone. Everything began to dry up and blow away. I got to tell you, the Bible said that the joy of the Lord is your strength. I want you to understand that when we get the power of the Holy Ghost in our life, God gives us joy unspeakable and full of glory, praise God. With joy shall you draw waters out of the wells of salvation. It's important in our life to retain the joy of the the Lord, praise God. Clap your hands again. Somebody say, praise the Lord. Somebody said, I don't have any money. I can't have joy. That's totally wrong. I know folks that don't hardly have money for rent, but they got the joy of the Lord. 
They know they're forgiven. They know they're washed. They know they're going to heaven. They know that this life may not be as, as luxurious as they'd like it to be, but they know this. I've got something on the inside of me I didn't get because of a checkbook. I got something on the inside of me I didn't get because of my name. I got something on the inside of me I didn't get through inheritance. I've got something on the inside of me that I got because of the blood and because of the name of Jesus and because of the Word of God and because of the Spirit. I've got something in the side of me. It's like fire. Shut up in your bones. It's something that rolls up when nothing's going right. All of a sudden, the joy of the Lord. Oh, my, 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 my. Why don't you just give the Lord a wave offering right now? Give him a wave offering right now. I'm glad my amount of joy is not predicated on my bank account. I'm happy that the peace of God that I feel is not predicated on the house I live in. Now, I enjoy those things. I'm glad when I got a couple of nickels to rub together. I'm happy that when I got a house, I can close the door and lock it and go to bed and go to sleep. All of that's great. But I'm just going to tell you now, years ago, when the wife and I first got started and we were eating TV dinners, she didn't know how to cook and I didn't care. We've been together 50 years. There have been some ups and some downs, some ins and some outs, but we locked down and said we're going to stay. We're not giving up. We're not going away. We're not going to let that happen. And God has built things around us and blessed us, and people have been good to us, and we've worked very hard. But I'm just going to tell you, there was something that happened to me on October the 28th, 1975, when God filled me with the power of the Holy Ghost. And on the first Sunday in January of 1976, I got baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of my sins. And I saw my wife get the Holy Ghost. I saw her get baptized. Both of my daughters, my grandchildren. I'm telling somebody it's the best place in the world to be regardless of what you got in your pocket. I can run the aisles when I'm stone broke. I can shout up and down when I don't have a dollar. Why? Because I've got eternity waiting on me with all the blessings of the Lord built into it. Praise God. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's all right. I'm talking about besetting spirits. I'm talking about somebody in this building today that the devil has made your life a hell on earth. I'm talking about your joy has withered. And when, you, when that begins to happen, other things begin to happen. Job situations get bad, get ugly. Why? Because you're, 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 you're fraught with anger. You're fraught with, with desperation sometimes. I'm talking about somebody that's got a very bad situation going on in their life. And God told me last night, take care of that first thing in the morning. I promised God when I came to him and he filled me with the Holy Ghost and he called me in the ministry. I would preach what he wanted preached. I would say what he wanted said. And I'm telling somebody here in this building today, the Lord told me last night to tell 
tell you that it's all over, praise God. All that anxiety ends today. All of that anger ends today. All of that fear ends today. All of that insecurity ends today. All of that that the hell has brought into your life is ending today, praise God. feel the Holy Ghost. I feel a chill of the Spirit of God in this building because somebody is about to get victory right where you are. Praise God. Now, it's one thing to get victory. It's another thing altogether to get deliverance. I'll take either one when I get in a bind. I'd rather have victory. God give me the grace and the and the power and the authority and the faith to overcome the enemy. But you know what? If that's not working, I'll take deliverance. Just pick me up and move me out of here. Or pick him up and move him out, one or the other. I've seen it go both ways, praise God. But regardless of what happens there, I come out on the other side. I've got victory. I've got another chance. I've got another day to live. I've got things going my way. Amen? Praise God. Joy goes away and everything else goes too. When you get into this position that I'm talking about, all of a sudden you just get so wore out and so tired of hearing these voices and, and feeling these spirits and feeling the anxiety and the paranoia that you've been going through of people and wondering what are they thinking and what they're thinking is what can I do to help? What can I do to relieve them? And yet the enemy makes you feel like they're looking at you and saying, they got a problem. There, there's something wrong with them. No, it's not. It's an attack of the enemy. It's not because you've sinned. It's not because you've done wrong. It's not because you've been running out with the wild crowd. No, it's because the enemy of your soul saw you and decided to attack you and try you just like they did Job. You know, the whole time Job was going through that bad time, God was up in heaven bragging on him. God said, you'll never make him curse me. You'll never make him turn back. You'll never make him give up. You're not going to do it. Job lost a lot of stuff. He lost all his stuff, and then he lost his health. But in the end, Job said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. The three Hebrew children looked at that king and said, I, God's able to deliver us out of that fire, but if not... But if not, we're not changing our mind. But if not, we're not bowing down to a heathen. But if not, we're not going to worship an idol. But if not, somebody, hear me today, if you can just get that attitude. But if not, I'm still going to be apostolic. But if not, I'm still going to be a tongue talker. But if not, I'm still going to shout and dance and run the aisles and praise God Regardless of what's going on, why don't you love him just a little bit? I feel the Holy Ghost moving on somebody already. I feel the power of God opening a door already for somebody in the building, praise God. The enemy wants to separate you from those that love you. Separate you from your family. Separate you from your workers that you appreciate and love separates you from friends you've known all your life. 
He wants to isolate you, get you by yourself, get you out away from everybody. If he can do that, then he can have his way with you, and he may lead you to a place where he can actually destroy your life. This is maybe a little different, but I'm going to go there anyway. I was raised in the country. We had hogs, we had dogs, we had cattle, we had horses, we had all that stuff. Brother Green, I remember a time when we had a young pig, about 100 pounds. We had it in a pen, and that pen was strong. I mean, it, it was well built, had a top on it even. Nothing could get into it. The posts were buried up in the mud, and the, the pig had him a fine mud hole he could live in every day. One night while we were away, some neighborhood dogs came along. And since they couldn't get into that pig, but they got all around the pen, and they began to bark, and they began to bite at the metal. They couldn't get through it, but they began to bite at it. And they got that pig so upset that he literally tore out of that pen. And before he got very far, they had him caught and they destroyed him. We found the body the next day. And I, I can't, I wasn't even in the church when this happened. But I'll never forget looking at that pen and looking at that mud hole he'd lived in and he, he enjoyed so much being in. And I thought all you had to do was lay there in the mud. You didn't need to do anything. You didn't need to run anywhere. Just lay there and squeal and grunt and look at them. Let them growl. Let them bark. Let them bite. They can't get to you. You're in a safe place. Can I tell somebody the Bible said the angels of the Lord encamp about those who fear him and deliver them, praise God. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I feel the Holy Ghost. I was going through a hard time one time, and somebody said, well, preacher, what you going to do? And I said, nothing. They said, nothing? I said, nothing. The angels of the Lord encamp about those that fear him and deliver them. I don't need to do a thing. I'm positioned for victory because the angels are between me and everything that's trying to attack me, praise God. I got to tell somebody in the building today, you've been under attack and the devil's wanting you to break and run. The devil's wanting you to leave your family, leave the church, leave the, oh no, what you need to do is just hunker down right where you are and say, I'm going nowhere. I'm not going to run out of here. I'm not going to give up. I'm just going to believe. I'm going to put my faith in the Word of God. I'm going to trust to the angels. Praise God. They sang so beautifully a while ago. I'm just going to put it all in his hands. Brother Green, there's times when we need to fight. 
There's times when you need to get your sword, times when you need to get your shield. But there's other times when you just need to sit down right where you are and let hell go by. You just need to sit down and let the devils accuse, let the devils try, try to make you doubt. I'm not doubting, I'm not fearing, I'm believing in the Lord. What are you doing? I'm just sitting right here. I'm just hunkering down in my mud hole, and I'm going to stay right where God put me because he positioned me for victory. <laughs> I could shout over what I'm feeling. I can tell you right now. You've been under attack. They're still out there. Hey, can I tell you, there's times when God gives you victory and don't take the enemy away. But Stephen, there's times when the Lord will just move them away from you, take them out of your life. There's other times when they just go ahead and howl and bite and bark and carry on and you just go on with life. What are you doing today? I'm going on with life. What are you going to do? I'm going to work. I'm going home. I'm going to church. And what are you going to do? i tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to wait on the Lord. I didn't ask for this. I didn't beg for this. I didn't deserve this. I'm just going to do what the Bible said in Isaiah 40. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. What are you doing, preacher? I'm waiting on the Lord. Oh, come on. Somebody lift your hands and love him just a little bit. Somebody in this building, I'm trying to get you to understand, you already positioned for victory. Don't get worried about it. My Lord. You know that scripture, they that wait upon the Lord. After we get done here today, I don't know where it'll be. Normally, pastor will take you somewhere and feed you something good. Maybe Chinese, maybe Mexican, maybe American. I hope it's not Italian. I'm not much into that. But sis, we're going to go in there and they're going to seat us at a table. And a man or a woman, either one's going to come by that table a little while, and they're going to have a pad in their hand and a pencil. What can I get you to drink? They'll take our drink order and they get our, you know, if we want something to sample first, they'll take that, and then they'll go back. They'll bring our drinks out, and they say, now what can I get you, sir? I want a sirloin. I want a medium. I, 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 I can't eat a baked potato, so I'll just have a baked sweet potato. And some beans and some corn, you know, just everyday ordinary stuff. It don't have to be special. You know what that person's doing? They're waiting on us. That's the waiter. And brother, what the waiter is wanting is what we got in our hip pocket. If they do a better job, there'll probably be a better tip on the table. They don't make a whole lot by the hour, but they get a lot on tips if they do a good job. If they wait on me the way I want to be waited on, if they come back and check to see if I want some more water or if I want some bread or whatever it might be, they come back and check and see, do you want some coconut pie? Yes, I will. Thank you. Would you like some banana pudding? Two servings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I will go for some of that. Or whatever you got don't matter. Praise God. That waiter is going to do everything he can 
to convince me that they're serving me to the best of their ability. There's nothing in the kitchen hidden from you. There's nothing we're not going to give you. If you want it and we got it, I'll bring it to you because I'm waiting on you. You know what? Some people have got a wrong idea. When you say I'm waiting on the Lord, I'm not just sitting on a bush. I'm not just backed up to a tree. I'm saying, Lord, what would you like to have today? Hell may be all around me howling. Hell may be all around me accusing. Hell may be all around me threatening. What would you like today, Lord? Would you like a little hand clapping? I got this one, boys. I got this one. No bother. I'm going to take care of this table. This is mine. You want a real home, oh, my Lord. Whatever you want, I got it. Whatever you want, it's right here. Why? I'm waiting on the Lord. Lift your hands and love him. Lift your hands and love him. Somebody needs to understand that although you're just going to sit inside there and you're going to be comfortable with the angels of the Lord between you and the devil, I'm not just sitting there. I'm doing something about it. I'm praising him. The greatest weapon I've got right then is my praise and my worship. I'm just going to take a while to tell God how great he is. Brother Green, I'm going to say, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. When the angels did that, posts were moving in heaven, praise God. When we begin to praise him, things begin to open, things begin to fall, things begin to break. The hell, my Lord, I feel the Holy Ghost. Somebody needs to understand. Sometimes God will deliver you out, but sometimes you got to realize I'm already positioned for victory. When he brought me in and filled me with the Holy Ghost, he put me in the safest place I'll ever be in my life. Anybody in here ever been accused where you didn't do anything? Anybody in here ever felt a spirit of fear when there was really no reason? We were born with this incredible thing called imagination. And it's great. You can be seated most of the time. But when you're young and mom and dad have got to run somewhere and you get left alone at home and it's dark and the wind's blowing and the thunder's rumbling, the lightning's flashing and the door rattles, that thing called imagination kicks in. And you begin to remember every bad report you had. It's said to be a gang operating in our community. They've been breaking into homes. And you'll go get the 12 gauge and the 308. You'll put your knife in your pocket. Mom and dad come home and they look at you. What in the world are you doing? There was something bad going on. They were outside the door. I know they were. Imagination had just caused you to have an anxiety attack when there was nothing out there going on, praise God. But that's just the way it is. But sometimes you just got to let the wind blow and the lightning flash and the thunder roll. What are you going to do? I'm going to praise him. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad therein, praise God. As you get older, you get a lot of new friends. Most of them have MD behind their name. 
Some of y'all here don't understand what I'm talking about yet. Live a little longer. Sometimes I feel like a trained poodle. Jump up on that table. <laughs> Roll over. What? Cough. Sis, you know what I'm talking about. You've been there a lot. Well, I got a buddy would like to look at you, buddy. Ain't nothing he can look at you ain't looked at. And I'm paying you good money to look, and you haven't told me anything yet. What's going on? You know what? When they come in, they tell you, well, you got diabetes. You have heart problems. You got cancer. What are you going to do? This is the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad therein. You got a little arthritis. What are you going to do? I'm going to wave them while I can. I'm going to jump while I can. I'm going to praise God. If I can't get but one finger up, I'm going to have it praising God. Hallelujah. Regardless of the report, regardless of what the doctor said, I'm going to praise God. Hallelujah. The writer said the sufferings of this present life are nothing compared to the glory that's going to be revealed. I'm just telling you now, you're going to have some pains. You're going to have some heartaches. You're going to have some times when things don't go right. If you can only learn, I'm positioned for victory. I'm already positioned to overcome. I'm not, a, I'm not going to go down. I'm going up. He said, I'll make you the head, not the tail. I'm telling you, God has built victory into our position. All we got to do is stay where we are. Praise God. And then the writer, King David. I posted this up last night on Facebook. I just felt in the Holy Ghost. He said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. God asked me one day, what does it take to make a shadow? I, thought, I said, what? What does it take to make a shadow? I said, well, first you've got to have a light. He said, there's a light in every valley with a shadow in it. He said, all you got to do is reposition yourself and get out of the shadow and back into the light. Some people in here walking under a shadow. Don't get worried about it, honey. There's a light. If there wasn't, there wouldn't be a shadow. Just praise God for the light. I can't see it yet, but I'm trying to get in the position I need to be in so that I can get back in the light. I'm trying to reposition myself to get back to that place where I'm walking in the light as he's in the light. And we have fellowship one with another, praise God. There's just a shadow. But then the writer went on a little bit later, and he said, Thou preparest a table before me in the very presence of my enemies. I told you before, sometimes God will take all the enemies away. But other times, he says, okay, get ready. I'm about to do something you've never seen done. Michael, go down there and get a hold of those Hittites. Gabriel, go down there and get a hold of those Gittites. 
Somebody else, somebody, the angel, go down there and get a hold of those heathens over there, the heathens over there. Hold them all right in the middle of your battle, right in the middle of the enemies being all around you. You're ready to do battle, but the Lord said, nope, today's not a battling day. Today's a day when I'm going to refresh you. Today's a day when I'm going to have an angel holding all of your enemies. They can't even get to you. They're going to watch you as you feast at the table of the Lord. They're going to watch you as you eat at the table of the Lord. All around you, there's enemies. But where you are, there's peace and joy and power and renewing. Oh, my Lord, in Jesus' name, and fresh anointings and fresh giftings, and everything's going to be happening like it needs to happen. The enemy's still there. I'm telling somebody today, when you leave out, the enemy will still be there, but you're going to walk out of here in power. You're going to walk out of here in authority because God has set a table right here today, and every enemy is going to be bound. Every devil's going to be silenced while you come to the table of the Lord and for Forget about the doubt and the accusation and the fear and the anxiety. Oh, in Jesus' name. David said one day, in my anxiety, I cried out to him. And you know what the Bible said? He delivered me into a large place. Living large. Enemies all around, but I'm eating at the table of the Lord. Negative reports coming in, but I'm feasting at the table of the Lord. All kinds of bad stuff happening, but I'm enjoying the power and the presence of God. Lift your hands and love Him. Somebody will come to instruments. I'm going to close in just a moment. But there's something about to happen in the Holy Ghost. Something about to happen in the Holy Ghost because somebody in this building is going to say, you know what, I got, I got spirits all around me. They've been making my life a mess. They've been causing me anxiety. But I'm going to get out of this seat, and I'm going to walk down to the front, and I'm going to wait on the Lord. I'm going to praise Him and magnify Him. And when I walk out of here today, I'm going to walk out in victory because God's going to let me know I've been positioned for victory. It don't matter what's around you. It don't matter what's out there screaming, hollering. Between you and them, the angels of the Lord are standing, waiting, delivering, empowering. Lift your hands again and love him in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. A few years ago, we were in a 13-week revival up in Illinois. One night, Mama and Daddy brought a, a young boy, nine years old. Him and a younger brother, five years old. Mom and daddy were probably in their early 30s. We were having an incredible revival. Lots of stuff happening. People praying through. People getting, uh, getting delivered. People getting healed. This mom and daddy came. They'd never been there before. But they were having a horrible time with this young man. And the mama came up, and, and we were praying for people all over the front. She came over to where I was, and she said, we, we've got to have help. We've gone to all kinds of doctors. We've gone to all kinds of, of places. They've run all kinds of tests. She says, it's been months now. At 4 o'clock in the morning, every morning, my 9-year-old son wakes up screaming. And from there till daylight, 
he screams. He, she said, he'll grab you and hold you and you cannot get him loose. He is just, he's scared to death. And we, we've asked him, what is it? He don't know. He just knows that when he wakes up, there's such a spirit of fear that he just, he, he, she said, we've tested him to see if there's something happening with him mentally and he's perfectly fine. All during the day, he may be a little bit agitated from time to time because he's tired. But she said, it doesn't matter if he's in the bed by himself. We're in the bed. She said, there's been nights when I was on one side and the husband was on the other side. And at 4 o'clock in the morning, he wakes up screaming. She said, and her, her and her husband both, their eyes had big bags under them. I looked at that little boy. And I could see in his eyes the fear. She said, about 9 or 10 at night, every night, he starts crying. He don't want to go to bed. She said, we have to give him pills now to get him to go to sleep because he doesn't want to wake up at 4 in the morning with all that fear, all that anxiety. I'm going to tell you right now, something got a hold of my heart. The Bible talked about Jesus having compassion on those he saw. Compassion is the ability to put yourself in their place and feel what they're feeling. And I'm a daddy. I've got two daughters and five grandchildren. I looked at that little nine-year-old boy and something in this grandpa's heart broke. And something inside of my spirit rose up. And I knelt down by that little boy and I looked at him in the eye and said, This will never, ever happen again. I make you a promise. It'll never happen again because I know a name. I know a name that every devil in hell has to bow to. I know a name that every spirit runs from. I know a name that's never been defeated, will never be defeated. I know a name that has all power. I knelt down beside him and I said, in Jesus' name, I take dominion of that devil and command it away from this young boy never ever to come around him again. I command you in the outer darkness in Jesus' name, leave and don't come back. I speak angels to stand between you and them. I looked up and mama's got her hands raised in the air. I reached up and laid my hand on her. It wasn't but a minute to mama was speaking in tongues. I looked over at daddy and big tears are running. I laid hands on him. God filled him with the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you something. Months and months later, almost a year later, I got a phone call. It was the mama of that little boy. She said, I went to that pastor and asked for your phone number. I just wanted you to know there's never been another night that he woke up crying. There's never been another day when he's feared. There's never been another day of taking pills to go to sleep. I'm telling somebody we're positioned for victory. Let's stand all over the building. In Jesus' name. Simon, how did you rake up the courage to step out of that boat and step out on the waves? How'd you do it? I'll tell you why. There was a transfer of grace from Jesus to him, and he did walk on the water. 
He sunk later, but he cried out to the Lord, and together they walked on the water going back to that boat. I'm telling somebody, you're going to be able to walk in places you never dreamed. You're going to be able to overcome things you never thought you could overcome. You're going to rise up in the power of the Holy Ghost. You're going to look hell in the eyes and say, I'm going to wait on him. I'm going to praise him. I'm not running. I'm not giving up. My family's not busting up. I'm not leaving my children, not leaving my husband. No, I'm holding on to the Lord. I'm going to just hunker down right here. It may not be the greatest place in the world, but it's the safest place in the universe, right in the middle of the will of God. Raise your hands again in Jesus' name. By the power of the Holy Ghost. I speak revelation into a heart in here this morning to understand that you've been called, you've been positioned in a place of safety. You've been hearing the voices. You've been upset. You've had anxiety. You've gone to the doctor because your stomach's a mess. You've gone and they've given you pills and it hadn't helped. You've given that they've given you all kinds of stuff and it's not helped. It's made it worse. But I'm telling you today, if you walk up to this the altar this morning and just begin to praise him, the Lord told me there's a great deliverance at the altar this morning there's a great deliverance in the house of God this morning bring your husband bring your wife bring your children and all of you just stand lift your hands and begin to praise him the Holy Ghost is going to begin to minister back and forth across this building I invite other ministers to lay hands on those that have come proclaim the victory proclaim the power by the word of God, I claim victory in your home. By the word of God, I claim victory in your life. By the word of God, I speak deliverance and release. Come on, come on, come on. There's some young people in here today that have been going through a hard time. There's some young people here today that hell's been attacking your mind. Hell's been attacking your spirit making you want to leave the house of God. What you need to do is get closer than you've ever been. Hold on, oh, my Lord of heaven. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of my enemies. If you'll allow it, the Holy Ghost will come to you this morning. You'll begin to get a renewal in the Spirit, begin to speak in tongues. If you've never received the Holy Ghost, if you'll simply ask Him to forgive you and cleanse you and wash you, it won't be but a minute till God will fill you with the Holy Ghost. There ought to be a half a dozen people at least filled with the Holy Ghost here this morning. Oh, God of heaven, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your spirit. Come on, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, all over this building, go ahead, singers, praise God.
See a baby. 